This is a podcast for the creative misfits, the right brain, rogue, or rebellious creatives who don't want to do work and life the way we've been told we have to. It's for anyone who has felt a sense of dissatisfaction with their career or with corporate BS. It's for anyone who has struggled and wanted to find greater purpose, to experience more authenticity, creativity, freedom, and satisfaction in how they live and work. Let's build a new way of doing things. Welcome to episode four of the Creative Misfits Club. I'm Jessica. Today's episode is called Lions and Tigers and Open Offices. Oh my. Yes, it's not just about open offices, but that is a little bit of a nightmare of mine. Today's episode is really about what would your ideal workspace and schedule look like if there were no rules, no shoulds, and no being told how you had to work. So we all are very different and unique in how we work best. The schedule during the day, the environment that we work in. And this 40-hour work week in an office, 8 to 5 that we have, it's not it for everyone. And yet, somehow we're still acting like it is. And I want to talk about that. So ironically, one of the upsides of the pandemic is that it disrupted in-person work so significantly that it brought this question to the forefront for a lot of people which is, how do I work best? Is it in an office all the time? Is it in an open office? Is it in an office with some collaborative spaces and some space where I can close a door behind me? Is it sometimes in an office and sometimes at home? Is it at home all the time? Is it at home as long as I have a quiet, dedicated space? Is it nomadic? Sometimes in different places in different environments. You get the idea, this could go on and on, right? And thank goodness, actually, more of us got to start pondering these things. Because, frankly, that whole open office thing, it's like the work dinosaur that doesn't seem to die to me. Actually, it's, it's like the work cockroach. <laughs> it seems pretty obvious by now that this doesn't work for a lot of people. And indeed, there have been lots of studies that show it seems to decrease productivity somewhat, it seems to increase stress. I even read a study that measured things like sweat response, which which increases when people are in an open office environment. I mean, people in open offices even have to institute this ridiculous red light, green light system that I've heard of, whereby they literally turn on this light on their desks to ask people to not come up and disturb them. I mean, this doesn't seem like rocket science to me, but I, I know, I can tell my focus, my productivity goes down dramatically when there's background noise. This does not take a rocket scientist or even an open office study to figure this out. I can literally see it in my sessions with students. So part of my work now is I work one-on-one with students. And when there's a lot of background noise for them, I can see their focus decrease dramatically. When I have background noise, it's like the trash truck is coming by or the lawn service is right outside the window. I have to fight harder to concentrate. I can do it, of course, but it's taking more effort. And truly, when there's conversations going on in the background, I mean, where does your attention go? It goes, at least in part, to those conversations. And I know everybody just puts their headphones in and sort of in some kind of like feeble attempt to pretend like the open office isn't there. But it seems like we should know these things. (laughs) Yet somehow these open offices persist. I haven't even started in on the introvert element, which I talked about in episode two. Yes, these kinds of environments where there are people around you all the time even if you're 
bloody red desk light is on and no one does come up to bug you. These are hellish for introverts. We recharge when we're away from people. We're often wonderful with people, but we need no people time in order to recharge, refresh, and frankly, oftentimes just think and work our best and our most creatively. I mean, I just was reading this thing about companies that are what companies are doing to entice workers back into their offices post-pandemic, and they're paying for things like building rock climbing walls in in their offices. And I mean, while that may be an incredible boon for some people who like rock climbing, it's certainly not something that's going to offer benefit to everyone. Again, with the diversity element, people are very different. They're different in terms of how they're going to work and the environment they're going to work in. They're also different in terms of what in offices is going to add to their work life and what is going to take away or what's going to be just sort of a rock climbing wall that's there that they don't use. And I'm just imagining companies spending tens of thousands of dollars on a rock climbing wall. And at the same time, they're spending all this money on these pods. You know, there are these companies that build pods to sort of ameliorate the open office problem and give people places of quietude and aloneness so that they can work better. And then these companies are are selling hundreds of millions of dollars worth of these pods in order to deal with these open office things. And I just think once and for all, we need to really be honest about the environments that we're building that we're asking people to work in and acknowledge the fact that there are going to be very diverse ways that people are going to work best and we need to build to that. So the time has arrived now where, yes, I seek to take down the 40-hour work week. Yes, yes, you heard me correctly. I know there are some people out there right now shaking their little fists at me, I'm sure. But consider this for a moment. Where did we get the notion of the 40-hour work week in the first place? It's a vestige from the Industrial Revolution, when labor workers in factories were getting very exploited and being made to work 14, 16-hour days. And in pushing back, we established some limits on daily and weekly work hours. That's great. That was really important. But we're not in the Industrial Revolution anymore. Most of our work culture is totally different. It's much more of an information and knowledge work culture right now. I know there's plenty of thinking on this. I read something recently, um, just the other day, that referenced a study saying that the optimal human work capacity is probably more like 32 hours per week. I'm going to take it a step further and go out on a limb and say that the optimal human work capacity, the ideal work amount for people, is different for different people. I mean, in general, I would agree that I don't think most people are working at their sort of high-level, clear, optimal output for 40 hours every week. I actually think people working 40-hour weeks are already sort of adjusting and modulating within this structure, right? They're just doing things like scrolling on social media a lot during the day, talking with colleagues, getting coffee, sitting in pointless meetings where they're not actually doing their really heads down important work that is the part of their job. Or they're spending a lot of excess time on email, which again, I understand that's necessary to some extent, but it's not actually the point of your job, whatever job you have. Or people are just wasting time. So let's dive in more and talk about schedule and the variations in how people do best in terms of the schedule that they work. Again, this old paradigm of work assumes that to be good, productive workers, we go to an office from 8 to 5 or maybe 9 to 5. 
But what this completely ignores is some people do well with highly structured routine and schedule, and some people do better with a more inconsistent, kind of flexible or go with the flow approach to their time. And I think I think there's some stigma to unpack with this because one is actually not better than the other, even though our culture would tell us that that quote unquote inconsistent style is somehow less than. Maybe it's considered flakier or less productive. I don't really agree. I think that if you know your innate style and your makeup and how you thrive best, you will actually be more efficient and productive if you can work downstream with that rather than upstream trying to be something that the convention told you was a better way of being. For example, I do better with more freedom and variation in my day-to-day routine than hyperstructure. This actually shows up in my human design chart, which is another rabbit hole and a rabbit hole for another episode about how we can use that as a tool, human design to better uncover how we're uniquely designed to function in the world. But I do very well and I'm happier when I let that flow sort of style work for me. So sometimes I'll get up and I'll work super productively heads down on something for a couple of hours in my pajamas first thing. And then I take a big break and then maybe I work more in the afternoon. Or some days I work better in the evening. I have a lot of steam still going and I feel really focused and I want to work into the evening, but I take a slow morning. I just don't do as well in this hyperstructure of this kind of, you must show up here at this time and work this way. It's not my preferred style and I don't actually think it's my best way. I do think in general people are more designed though for deeper dives into heads down work time and then some time that is rest time or integration or sharing with others. I do think humans are more designed for that kind of ebb and flow than our current work culture makes space for. It's almost a little bit more like high performance athletes train. And there's also something very cyclical and ebb and flow, even a kind of seasonal element that nature operates by and even our bodies operate with that I just think our old work paradigm the one we're living in, ignores. It's like we're expected to be machines and at a consistent sort of max output all the time when I actually don't think we're designed to be that way at all. But overall, I would say the themes here are diversity of humans and diversity of ideal schedules in how they work. So I know there's this criticism. I know I can feel it floating out there in the ether as I say all these things, which is, If people don't have the structure of an office, of a 40-hour work week, of these things that in many ways are sort of hyper-managing our time and controlling our time, if we don't have those things, then people will slack off or they won't be productive. I have sort of an interesting response to this, which is actually, I don't entirely disagree with that. But here's what I mean. I think giving people a much longer leash And with the freedom that comes with that has the potential to show you where people are not engaged with their work or where maybe they're actually not the right fit for their role or even with the company. But wouldn't you want to know these things rather than just keep the little handcuffs on everybody in the name of productivity and control? It's like having bugs in the system but deciding not to look at them. And then you have some people who are unhappy because they're not engaged with the work they're doing. I mean, I understand this approach has a very highly disruptive element to the status quo to it. 
And I also know it comes with a lot of nuance and a lot of other questions, like why people may not be engaged and why they may slack off if you give them more freedom. It may be because they're just working for the paycheck or they don't really feel like they're utilizing their gifts in a way that feels satisfying to them. Or they don't connect with what they're doing, even if they're very capable of doing it. Or they don't connect to what their company is doing. Or maybe they're working in an environment that's totally dysfunctional. Maybe people don't have a clear sense of who they are and what their gifts even are. And they feel lost about what they'd really like to be doing or putting out into the world. But I feel like the end result of keeping the control handcuffs on and not looking at these things can only be a sense of dissatisfaction for some people, which isn't going to be beneficial to either workers or companies. Wouldn't good leadership want to understand where and why people weren't engaged with their work? And what if people actually could be happier if they had more autonomy over their work, over their lives, and autonomy over their time? What if plugging into more meaningful work and doing it in a way that really fit them uniquely actually increased both their happiness and productivity significantly. It's like, wouldn't the potential upside of that be much greater than the short-term issue of finding out that you had some people who might want to slack off? I think all of this is pointing towards a bigger question, which is around the freedom that we give or perhaps don't give people in their work and the dignity that I think we all actually really deserve, which is to assess what works for us how and where we can work in a way that works for us, being able to plug our true gifts into our work. Because if we're doing that and we're contributing in that way and we're recognized for it, I really think, shocker here, it tends to produce people who care about what they're doing and who feel a sense of responsibility and connection to it and satisfaction from it, which ultimately can only be a good thing for both workers and companies and the general collective. So I really advocate that we do the radical thing and start having conversations and affecting change around letting people work how they work best and giving them a sense of freedom and dignity with that. So I will leave you to ponder this question for yourself and perhaps for your employees if you have them. And that question is this, if there were no rules, no shoulds, no being told how you had to work, what would be ideal for you? Maybe a 100-hour work week really does work best for Elon Musk. Maybe yours is 20 hours a week. Maybe it's working on set with a lot of creative people around you. Maybe it's working from a cabin in the woods. But the real question here is, what works best for you? And can we consider that the freedom to begin to investigate and answer that question and align with its answer might actually benefit everyone. 